You're listening to It Came From A Podcast. This is episode 25, and it's March 17th, 2016. And today we're talking Comic-Con HQ, Indiana Jones 5, X-Men Apocalypse, and more. Listening to it came from a podcast. My name is Sergio I.M. and joining me as always is Ricky Cass and what's up? Yeah. Okay, so we're live again. And how how many how many times have we done this now? I think this is our fourth live show. Still not wearing pants. I am not either. I'm wearing shorts. Because I am not gross. I'm not gonna specify what I'm wearing. Or if I'm wearing. That's a, still weird. So weird. Uh, so anyways, what kind of a show do we have today for the folks out there listening from the internet? Uh, we have we have a show full of trailers. Uh, we have a show um, with a very cool, important piece of news about an old movie franchise coming back. Uh, we got a new channel that's launching. We got um, some cool thing of the weeks. We got, we got a, a jam-packed show. Uh, and there's, you know what? I think one thing we're gonna do is overwhelm everyone with trailers because for some reason, just the last few days, it's just trailer, 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 trailer. It's because we're we're getting ready for the summer, man. We're getting all the the summer movies are gonna start coming out. And it's it's trailer season. Yeah, and um, so let's start off with the first one because wait, wait before before we get there, before we get there, I want to bring up today's a very exciting night. It's the night before Daredevil season two comes out. And I, oh, I, yeah. cannot, I cannot wait for Daredevil tomorrow. I just wanted to bring that up. So, you know, what's funny is that um, something happened in this house. I think it's haunted or something, but everyone, it, something bad is happening to everyone in this house. Riley threw up in bed. Kate is feeling nauseous. I threw out my back. You were there. I was there. It was funny. It was, it was hilarious. I mean, actually, extremely, extremely painful. Extremely painful. It wasn't, let me rephrase it. It wasn't funny. It was funny watching you use a... Uh, a monopod. A monopod as a cane. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing. I love that monopod. I really do. I feel like I got my money's worth out of it. But anyway, so that happened, and now we're just pretty much all bummed out and tired, and I think I'm ready to binge this with Kate. I'm going to binge Daredevil this time. I cannot wait. I had originally uh, taken off from work tomorrow just to to uh, to, to watch it, but that's not going to happen. Well, actually, it, it comes online at, what, 1 a.m.? 3 a.m. in the morning. 3 a.m. It, it should be 3 a.m. in the morning our time. We're, we're Eastern, so uh should be around 12 a.m. Pacific. So you Californians and, and Seattleians and West Coasters are, are lucky because you got it earlier. I might just wake up at like 5 in the morning and watch episode one before going to work. That's um, what I, Actually, that's how I saw the first, the first um, Daredevil season one. It was just by watching I, it at 3 a.m. My plan, I, the thing is I want to watch... I want to try to do it in one sitting, so I want to try to do it in one 13-hour sitting. Uh, so I might just wait tomorrow until I get home from work and just go the whole night through. Um, I did season one in two sittings, Friday night and Saturday morning, so I'm very excited. I want to do a roundtable. Yeah, no, no, we have to do a roundtable on that. I think this is going to be the Daredevil we wanted. And, now, and I'm not saying that the first season was bad, but what yeah. I'm saying is... Uh, I think halfway through the Daredevil season, uh, season one, I wanted to see the costume. 
I think almost everyone wanted to see the costume. You just want to see him full hero mode. And that doesn't happen, right? So now this is pretty much him, like, full superhero I, mode, I'm guessing. Just, uh, uh, before we get into the show, there's a little bit of trivia. So um, we first talked about doing the podcast right around the time that um, Daredevil was about to, was coming out. And we actually, the first podcast we ever recorded never came out. Um, but it was, it was basically a, it wasn't a round table cause it was just you and me, but it was a uh, season one review and it, it never came out. So I'm really excited. Season two is coming out now so that we can actually release an episode focused all around the Netflix show. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I remember when we did that, um, it was our first time recording together too. So right. we were, we had no idea what like our, I guess, chemistry would be like. So I think the first thing we realized was that we needed to be extremely scripted, which was pretty funny because I think we just kept, we kept, it was all word vomit. And then it was like three hours of word it vomit. It was like two hours and a half. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but we've changed since then a little bit. <laughs> we, now we have the suit and now we're in, we're in hero excited. mode. So, so we'll get a round table going soon. I'm very, very excited. Uh, Possibly very this excited. weekend if, if we're good enough, <laughs> I, <laughs> if we make I'm, it. I'm hoping for Sunday, man. I'm hoping for a live round table on Sunday. I'll def- That'll be fun, yeah. I'll definitely be done with the show on Saturday, so it's up to you. I'll find out. I'll find out by Saturday for sure. All right. So uh, first topic, because we ha- we're on the clock now and um, it's going to be a good one. And it's Indiana Jones five. Oh, man. Get those get those whips ready. July 19th, 2019. We'll see the return of Indiana Jones to the big screen. Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, officially on board for Indiana Jones five. I cannot wait. So um, I'm the opposite. I can definitely wait it out now. I love Indiana Jones. Don't get me wrong. I love Indiana Jones. I love Back to the Future. I love Jurassic Park. All those 90s franchises and like, you know, a little bit 80s, I guess. I love them to death. Okay. so the issue I have is with Indiana Jones and what was it? The temple? Uh, The The kingdom of the crystal skull. Oh, Dios mio. (laughs) Dude, I can't, man. That thing. I still remember. I remember when I sat down in the theater, I was so hyped for it because I was like, this is it. This is what I wanted. I wanted a a theater experience with Indiana Jones. Then he got in the tub and a nuke went off. And I was like so close to just like saying, no, there's no way that this is going to be like, you know, a a way of giving me that idea of what what this film is going to be about, which is a bunch of random explosions and nothingness i don't know it was just it was really weird it was uh, weird to see yeah here's here's the thing this is why i am excited about it um lucasfilm is in completely different hands it's it's disney now i'm I, they i'm sure that they learned tremendously with the force awakens and 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 they they disney knows how to restore a franchise how to bring back a franchise um kathleen kennedy the head of lucasfilm she's producing this movie with her husband frank marshall they've produced all of the movies um I think I think they're gonna know what they're doing. I think this is gonna be the movie that we wanted last time. I think this will be like the passing of the baton kind of movie where where we'll be introduced to new characters that will carry on that legacy. I'm like eighty percent sure Shia LaBeouf isn't coming back. So, Shia LaBeouf. So uh, just do it. So I'm <laughs> I'm sure we'll get a, a new cast of characters, and I think I think that this movie's gonna play more on Indy's age, whereas the last one, or I'm, at least I'm hoping it plays more on Indy's age. Whereas the last one didn't, so we'll. I don't think this is gonna be an indie that's running around and like. I I think it'll. You know. I think we'll see. Uh, this. I think this will probably be the last that we see of like that, 
Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones are here, and I think it'll be a passing of the baton kind of thing. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, Alan Horn, the C, the chairman of Walt Disney Studios, he said, um, and I quote, "One of the greatest heroes in cinematic history. It's re- he's one of the greatest heroes in cinematic history. It's rare to have such a perfect combination of directors, producers, actors, and role. And we couldn't be more excited to embark on this adventure with Harrison and Steven. I'm really glad Steven Spielberg is directing this movie because I don't think anybody else should direct Indiana Jones other than Steven Spielberg." As long as he's alive, I don't either. So, you know why this movie is going to be good? And I hate that this is almost. So, I mean, let me ask you do you think they're going to kill off his son or are they going to just change the, the, the person who plays his son? I don't even think that character. I don't think they're going to mention. I think Mutt was his name at all. Yeah. You know what? You know why this movie is going to be good? And it's almost sacrilegious for me to say because I, I, I idolize, idolize this guy. But um, as far as I know, George Lucas isn't anywhere near this movie. And um, he's usually the one that comes up with the story, not the script, but the stories for these movies he did for the last one. So the fact that George Lucas isn't on board um, is probably a good thing. Um, I, you know, the, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think the guy is um, probably, he gets a lot more credit than he deserves. And I mean that in the nicest way, because guess what? I'm not a director. No, no, it's just no, that I, he, everyone forces Star Wars on him. And the thing is that to him is not, uh, he's not, I think, um, uh, you know what? Let me drop that because I'm going to say yeah, some negative yeah, things and it's going to go down. But what I'm saying is this. The guy, get, everyone expects perfection from him. And that creates this kind of situation where, like, um, you know, he has a lot of weight on his shoulders. And then you get some crap out of it. He definitely deserves the credit. Um, he he created arguably. Yeah, he, he deserves that credit. The, but the problem is the, that the most the, the most important cinematic franchise in uh, in in history, he just. He just, I think he just didn't know when to quit, um, or when, 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 uh, when he, he didn't know when to let it go. And I mean, at the end, the fact that he created Star Wars, for, I could never, like, as much as I hate the prequels, I, I could never hold it against him. Um, so he, I mean, that guy's a legend. It's just, he, he's at a point in his life where he's, he should be doing other things. Stay away from, you know. From yeah, the, no, that's what I'm saying, though, yeah, is I yeah, feel yeah. like he, he let out all his creative energy on these, on these, um, on these movies and that um, I don't think he really planned out much more before, you know, after them, you know, at that point, it's just like saying, Hey, I have this great idea. And then when you're done with that idea, it's like, uh, I guess I can add more to it. You know, his issues. Like, so when he had the original trilogy, he had everything else planned. He had, he had sequels and he had the prequels planned out. He just, and you, I I just think that his ideas are so big that he doesn't know how to wrangle them in and he's such a control freak that's what i'm saying though that's what i'm that, saying yeah, yeah that um is that those are issues that, that he has which is not now that he's let go of everything i think i think it's everything i think we're in a good place with with his creations but with other people kind of spearheading them in, in new bolder and better directions so i'm just gonna before we move on to the next one i'm just gonna call it i think what's gonna happen in this movie if it's gonna be any good in my opinion it's that we're going to see Indy play the role of his father in the first three movies. As in, in other words, to, to pass the torch, he has to be well, the old man. His father was only in, in Last Crusade in the last one. Yes, I know. But what I'm saying is that he's going to, well, I mean, in the in the original Indy movies. In, in but, part three. Part three yeah. yeah, yeah. So what he's going to do is he's going to play that same role where he's like, like Sean Connery's character. I, you know what I mean? I would love that. Actually. The reason I like that is because it's the idea of Sean Connery already being old in that movie. Seeing him do these things was it was ridiculous, right? It's like saying I was way past this already. I'm too old and, for this. And you know what, Sean Connery. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll do it, but 
Sean Connery's still alive. I know. I don't know if they'll bring him in. I think that'll be probably too much. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool if he comes out as as a no, ghost. No, he, he can't. He, they uh, they killed him off in the last one. There's a I think there's a a scene. There's like a picture or something, and he's like looking at it, reminiscing. So I'm pretty sure. He's oh, I see him. Yeah. I sort of erased Crystal Skull. All right. Yeah. So you know what? I'll always hope for the best with these movies, even though I get gut feelings. I don't really even. I don't have a gut feeling about this right now. So we'll see if my gut develops something later on. But until then, we're gonna move on to the next topic, which is Comic Con HQ. HQ. I'm very excited about this one. Very excited. Um. So last year. Comic-Con International and Lionsgate TV announced that they were teaming up to create a uh, subscription video on demand channel that would cover current and past Comic-Con conventions. Um, and that's as far as we knew, basically. Uh, now we learned that the beta access to the service will be starting on May 7th and the channel will feature original scripted and unscripted series, such as a weekly movie talk inspired by Collider Movie Talk. Um, Which I, we watch a lot, by the I, way. I, it's my favorite it's my favorite show on YouTube. I love those guys. Um, so recently, they're the, the executive producer of Collider Movie Talk and all of the other Collider uh, movie shows, John Campia, he actually left. Uh, he, he stepped down as, as uh, the executive producer of, of Collider, and he mentioned that he had a couple of projects that he couldn't talk about yet in the works. I follow him on Facebook, and he actually has a, a podcast now, too. That, um, and then he just announced he's actually executive producing the movie talk show for the Comic-Con channel, um, which is really awesome because he's he's, he did a really good job with Collider Movie Talk. So Yeah, um, I'm, agreed. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. And, you know, apart from, like, the movies, like, like that movie talk show... We're going to get access to everything San Diego Comic-Con. So we're going to get, we'll be on the floor. They're going to have interviews. We're going to get to see, like, everything. The only thing we won't see for now is, uh, the, yeah, they said they're not going to stream live panels because they, Which want, I, they want the people. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, no, no. No, I agree. I think that's just, that's one of the things that makes Comic-Con worth going to. Now, I'm not saying that, I think the pirating issue would be the big problem if they even made that available. Well, I mean, YouTube, I mean, YouTube, Comic-Con usually releases a lot of their panels afterward anyways on YouTube. The whole thing is, like, to have it live, and I understand that because I go every year, so I've been there, like, it sucks, for example. I made, we me and my group, we basically made a, we basically waited in line a day and a half to get into the Star Wars panel, so over 24 hours. So it would just, it would suck if people were at home were just, like, sitting down, like, like, waking up and being able to turn on, and they're there, like, whereas we had to, like, trek through everything and make the line so you still need a little bit of that exclusivity because if not you're gonna your numbers are gonna drop i agree you know? i agree yeah so i have no issue with that people are probably complaining um but yeah like, you, you gotta keep some of that exclusivity so i'm totally totally cool with that now out of curiosity do you think that's actually one of the reasons they're doing it it's just because it's so difficult to get into comic-con these days it is very very it's it's impossible to get into not impossible because i do it every year but it's it's very very hard um a lot of people are very disappointed every year that they can't get tickets so it's just very cool um because you know now that I, if you can't get a ticket you'll at least get to somewhat experience um the the whole comic-con craze which is such an amazing experience every year um so i think this is great and i think this is gonna this is going to um it's gonna blow up the comic-con brand even more you know more people are gonna know and and it might i mean it might backfire not backfire but it might it might cause issues for comic-con because i feel like yeah. people, are, 
people at home watching this are gonna want to go even more so you might get even more numbers of, of people trying to go next year and, and so on and so on so um you know who knows i to me this um it reminds me what they're trying to do reminds me of, of what g4 was for for people who don't remember g4 was basically a uh, a channel that had geek content and pop culture content uh all day i think um chris hardaway got a start on that show olivia munn i think was on that that channel jessica chobot um so um i'm really glad that we get a sh a channel like that once again um you know i'm really really happy so i don't know how you feel about it i mean i love the idea of it because i already support blizzcon with the virtual ticket have you you know about that i think we talked about it on the show yeah, before yeah yeah the reason I love that so much is that BlizzCon is one of those conventions that I was never 100% sure of. Like, I don't know if I, you know, feel like, okay, well, I wanted to see that one thing and that's it. So having a virtual ticket is like, you know, having access to everything on the floor. Like you said, same here, right? It's going to be the right. same idea. The only difference, I think I think BlizzCon actually, they live stream their panels, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But those things go live as soon as they go live. You know what I mean? So it's not like a trailer that they're going to release in a few months. So right. um, I love that idea because, you know, sometimes you can't make it a Comic-Con and a lot of people can't and a lot of people will probably never go, but this gives them that access to sort of figure out what it's about and for people who want to go, they can check it out that way as well. Absolutely. So, you know, you can no. plan it out yeah. for the next the next what year I, what i love about what i love about this whole thing that we we basically just found out is that when they first announced it last year we thought and it was kind of the way that they announced it we thought it was only going to be comic-con but it's it's so much more than that they're actually creating a a an entire channel based around pop culture and movies and all that stuff so it's not just comic-con it's it's basically a reincarnation of g4 which i'm i'm super excited about um so i think right now they're gonna it's going to be released uh, via browsers, iOS, and Android, and then eventually they're going to roll it out to, like, uh, Xbox Ones, Apple TVs, Rokus. Um, so it's going to be a digital. It's, it's a subscription digital service. Um, I don't think it'll be hitting TV, TV anytime soon, cable TV anytime soon, but it's the future, so, you know. I'm sure, yeah, this is a great thing for Comic-Con because they're suffering with a lack of space right now. So it makes perfect sense. Every, every year it, it gets more people want to go and, and it feels like it gets smaller and smaller, the the, the, the space, even though it's, it doesn't, Um, you know, there's been rumblings of moving to, to Vegas and stuff because it, 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 it houses more people. But I mean, I would hate for Comic-Con to ever leave San Diego because there's something charming about the surrounding area that I think would get lost if it went somewhere like Vegas. Um, But yeah, um, I'm really excited. And it's, May 7th is right around the corner, so hopefully uh, we can get some beta beta access to that and, and test it out. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think I think the beta is free, right, for everyone? I've not. I, you can I, sign up via – well, I signed up via email, and it says that you're free starting, I think, May 7th, I you believe. Gotta, you got to send me that link. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, it, it's worth checking out because it said free – so I signed up for it on the spot. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd pay for it. Um, no, no, of course. Yeah, so, same here. Yeah, so, I'm, But if it's free, I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so next up, we're talking Punisher and Spidey audition tapes because this sounds almost like it's it's pornographic or something. Like, it's like we found the secret tapes. Right? This one was actually, uh, this story I read today and I thought it was pretty cool. Like, it's 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 almost a non-story. It's just, I, yeah. it was just a really cool little tidbit of... Uh, so apparently John Bernthal, who's playing Punisher in Daredevil, and Tom Holland, who's playing Spider-Man, they did a movie together um, called Pilgrimage. It was an indie film. I think they filmed it in Ireland. And apparently when, when they were filming the movie, they were both in talks with Marvel 
to play the role. So they helped each other shoot audition tapes and they were like in each other's audition tapes, which is, is ironic because there's been a lot of team ups or not, or not necessarily team ups, but like there's been a lot of issues with Spider-Man and Punisher where they're both together. So to have these two actors audition together and both get the rules I, was a little interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the kind of back and uh, the back behind the scenes kind of stuff that you really like to know because yeah. it's just it's so interesting because if th- these kind of little things have a tendency of building up, if enough people go crazy over this, you know what? They may possibly find a way to have these involved somehow. And this is something that happens with like Deadpool. Remember Deadpool leaked. And that's what caused it to become what it is now. It was sort of an accident or something in the uh, behind we're, the scenes. We're gonna say leaked and yeah, air, leaked, air, yeah. Air quotations because every, every time that like they talk about it, they like use air quotes and stuff like that. That was definitely an inside job, um, dude. I would, I would. The tone is so different, but I would love to see a Punisher and Spidey team up at some point in the in the MCU. I mean, it's the same universe, so it's doable. Um, I do love yeah. in the comics when Punisher and Spider-Man meet up. Because it's just hilarious. It's just there's such polar yeah. opposites, and, we have, and it makes for great uh, like slapstick. We know that Netflix, the Netflix stuff, is part of the MCU, but we still haven't seen it, it crossover. So this is the perfect opportunity, you know. Even if it's like two seconds. And let's be honest, dude. Being in a Netflix series like Daredevil. You know, people always talk down like movies versus TV, right? But this is like TV done in a way that's like think of it like a thirteen-hour movie. You know what I mean? I, like, I I would argue that TV is in a better state than than film is right now. Um, just because of that, because like the way that they're shooting TV now, especially these Netflix shows, they're shooting them like movies, and and you're getting them. Everything yeah, of course. All, all, you're getting everything all at once, and you can watch it as a movie. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go to this part. D- Daredevil is probably. It's probably one of the greatest superhero film things ever. Uh, one of the greatest superhero stories ever put on film. Period. Like even comparing it to other movies, like Daredevil was incredible. I like Batman um, too. Yeah, but I, yeah, no, <laughs> Batman was good. But but, it, but Daredevil, it felt a lot like like it, it had that same kind of tone that we're used to with Batman and stuff. So um, yeah, I uh, like I said, non story, but just a cool little bit, cool little tidbit of information about yeah these 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 audition tapes. All right, is that everything you got on that one? Yeah, yeah, on to the next. All right, because that was pretty much just like behind the scenes, which brings yeah, yeah, me yeah, yeah. reminds me of like how much I love behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> uh, anyways, so next up we have Supergirl plus Flash teaser because you love this thing so much. So it's, it's just like, a teaser we're talking it's like, about. It's like two of my favorite shows. You know what's crazy? How much crap we talked about Supergirl and it ended up becoming before it even came out. And it's like one of my favorite shows on TV. I love Supergirl. It's such a good show. Um, and Flash is such a good show, and the fact that they were able to come together and do this little joint episode, um, even though they're on different networks, is is amazing. It's the name of the episode's World's Finest. Um, there's a very famous comic book cover of it's a Superman comic book uh, cover, I think, where it's Superman and uh, the Flash, and it says World's Finest, and it says who is like the fastest man alive, and it's both of them running in the cover. And yeah. The poster for this episode. It's basically that cover, but they replaced Superman with Supergirl, um, and it airs uh, March 28th, and they release a teaser. It's basically just them running around, uh, but the, the fact that we actually... Acting see, like 10-year-olds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that we actually see like like them together on, on screen is, is, is cool, and we got DC Entertainment actually gave us a, a synopsis for the ep- or a, yeah, a synopsis for the episode, so this is, it goes like this. It goes, Kara gains a new ally when the lightning-fast superhero The Flash suddenly appears from an alternate universe and helps Kara battle 
Siobhan, aka Silver Banshee, and Livewire in exchange for her help in finding a way to return him home. So basically, we're saying that Supergirl's universe is like Earth three at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, there's a bunch of Earths already on. Uh, there's, there's. Of course, it's just like any. For some reason, comic books always do this. Like multiple was, uh, universes all over the place confuse your readers. So, so on Flash, I guess there's a little bit of a spoiler warning, but on Flash we have there's two Earths right now. And um, I was kind of hoping that when they crossed over with Supergirl, she would be either Earth 1 or Earth 2, because um, it would keep it a little more current to the universe of, of the Flash, but this looks like it's going to be like an Earth 3 kind of situation. So, But it's cool. If it's, if, it's, if it's the only way that DC would let them do it, you know. I'm well, totally let's cool. be honest. If there's anything we know from comics is that you can do whatever the hell you yeah. want because there's yeah. always some crazy workaround and it'll always work out that's what it's i've learned like, especially dc 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 tends to bend the rules a lot marvel too though marvel too yeah. they have the universes too man they had to like wipe I, it out i, I feel I, marvel you had you had 616 and you had you had uh ultimate like DC has done some crazy multiverse stuff, man. Like, I'm, I'm glad they're gonna rein it in with Rebirth, hopefully. But, uh, but man, besides that, I'm, I'm excited for, for this episode. It's gonna be yeah. No, I'm sure it is because I made the cover art for that for that episode like yeah. two weeks ago. So we're waiting to use it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, agreed. I think uh, it's gonna be fun to use. And uh, another thing I want to bring up though, I don't, I haven't seen Supergirl yet. But the first episode, I gave a lot of. Um, Let's just call it a negative review because the first one was very girly. But I feel from what I've been reading, you, you it's actually been turning. It. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been turning into something better. It is very, it's very close to to what the Flash is on CW. It's um, it's it's like every complaint you had in the first episode, it it feels like the producers like heard you, and just like kept on like like making better and better and better. It's it's really, I almost because I hate Superman. And his whole family, like the whole Superman universe. So yeah, I almost hate the fact that I love this show so much because I want to hate it because I hate Superman, but I love it and I can't, I can't help it. It's, it's such a good show. Yeah, and um, it's plus it's just good to have a woman in, in a superhero already amazing, as a superhero. Amazing, and they're not, and and, and it's a pretty good portrayal too. So I, I, it's. Man, and she's awesome. She, like, I didn't really love her on Glee, so the fact that she's so good on Supergirl is is awesome because uh, she it, she's refreshing to watch. Man, Melissa Benoit is killing it in that role. Um, so and her and Grant Gustin, they're both they're both Glee alums. So to have them together in like a different kind of setting is really cool. All right, awesome. So um, next up, it's thing of the week, dude. Let's switch it up. Let's let's have you do the. The first one, but I'm still gonna sing the song. Am I supposed to do like a like a, a heavy song for it? Actually, you know what? Let's do something historic. Let's let's have you do the thing of the week song this week. Yeah, no. Thing of the week. <laughs> Were you, wait, wait, wait. Are you gonna cut me off if I try to do it? I Is that what you're gonna do? No, I'm not doing it, dude. I'm not ever. Right. I'm never doing it because my voice is too deep. <laughs> Thing of the week. Okay, that was horrible, right. dude. This is why I don't sing live anymore. Right. You, you do the first one this, this week. Thing of the week. Uh, I don't know what my thing of the week is. You know why? Pourquoi? 
No, I'm joking. Actually, my thing of the week is really, really cool. And um, this is my fatherly side showing, or at least it's the excuse I'm using. It's Disney's Magic Kingdoms. I literally just downloaded today. It came out today for the App Store. And pretty, uh, well, you know, on, on phones, on the App Store and Google Play. So what it is, it's pretty much a um, build-your-own theme park app. That's completely free, and it seems to have no in-app purchases so far, but I may be completely and utterly wrong on that end. But have you heard of it? I'm not going to lie. I got distracted D- by your wife. She's, she's writing. I know. I'm not, I'm not reading it. So, I'm Kate, I'm not reading it. So, I have no idea what you said. No. <laughs> so, look, Disney Magic Kingdoms is a app that lets you create your own custom theme park. Disney theme park. Like uh, like Roller Coaster Tycoon? Sort of like that. I haven't played it yet. I, I just saw every trailer, but it came out today, and I'm going to try it with Riley, or if not, I'm going to try it right before I go to bed. It sounds very cool. All right, so before you get more distracted, what is your thing of the week? <laughs> My thing of the week is a, it's a sci-fi movie coming out April Fool's Day. It's called Dead 7. So get this. It's produced by Get Nick, this, bruh! It's produced by Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys. It's got members of Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 90 Degrees, and O-Town. And the movie follows a band of boys as they try to rid a small town of zombies in the post-apocalyptic West. Do they, like, it's, sing them to death? What is this? So, the trailer came out today. It's, um... Dude, I, So, they actually had a panel for this at Comic-Con last year. That I, I wanted to go to, cause I, but I didn't because I didn't have time. I saw a trailer. I didn't hate it the way that I thought I would hate it. Because on paper, this sounds terrible. But when you see the trailer, there's kind of a little, like, like you can tell they're obviously making fun of themselves and everything. And, and it's on sci-fi, so um, it actually looks kind of like, like, it'll, like, cheesy as hell. But, like, it might be, might be fun. Um, it's just, like, it's got, Joey Fatone is, like, this, like, super gruffy, like, whiskey-drinking, like, outlaw kind of dude, and, like, Nick Carter tries to be a badass in it, and it's got, like, I, I don't know, Chris This Kirk sounds Pat- extremely scary to me, dude. Chris like, Kirk this is, like, a like horror a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's got, like, uh, it's got, it's, like, one of the guys from O-Town, he's, like, some kind of samurai. It's basically, like, a zombie... Not rip off, but like a zombie spoof of the magne- of Kurosawa's Magnificent Seven. But like, I don't know. Uh, it's it's just you guys. This sounds it. like uh, like it, it's it's impossible. It sounds impossible and you, weird. Yeah, you, you gotta see the trailer. It's 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 out there. I'll it's check like, it out. I'm gonna check that out. I, I need to see that. It was good enough to be the, the thing of the week. All right. So um, next up. Oh, that's our thing. That's our things of the weeks. Things of the week. Uh, next up, we have. Actually, we're gonna go. We're gonna skip some trailers because we're gonna just talk about the one thing that we have about games. We're just talking more movies and TV these days. At least it's the easiest thing to talk about. But this is Trials on Tatooine, and this is VR. VR, my, my one of my favorite things to talk about. My um, favorite things. My favorite things. So, uh, Lucasfilm, they had a special press event in uh, San Francisco this week. And, um, you know, they have ILMX Lab, which we talked about on, like, a super, super past episode. Yeah. It's it's their their VR, it's Lucasfilm's VR and AR division. And uh, they unveiled Trials of Tatooine, which is a completely enveloping interactive virtual reality experiment, which is how they described it. Um, it's, it's their first 
I guess, VR experience kind of game that they're releasing. Um, they released a teaser trailer along with the press conference, and uh, the teaser trailer, it opened up with a person wearing a headset. They had some kind of controller, and then... Lightsaber? Not, well, the, the Falcon flies in, lands on Tatooine. Um, you see R2, you see Stormtroopers shooting at you. Yeah. R2, R2 gives you a lightsaber, you start swinging your lightsaber. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to get to ride the Falcon, you're going to get to fight with a lightsaber. Um, it looks freaking awesome. It looks amazing, yeah. And you know what's funny is that every time I read on, about uh, like an article about it, every single person would just say the exact same wording. Like it's just amazing, astounding, awesome, it, awesome, I mean, awesome. Like that's all it is. That's everything that everyone everyone can possibly say. I like I have no. They, they haven't said through which VR platform they're gonna release. If it's gonna be Oculus, if it's gonna be like a phone thing or like on the PlayStation, like, so, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm probably gonna end up with the, the PlayStation VR. So I kind of hope we're able to get it on, on that side of things. Um, so, man, this is like, I mean, Star Wars and virtual reality for me doesn't get better than that. So I can't. Yeah, I mean, and another thing, the PlayStation, um, I forgot what, they released their VR headset. At least they, they released all the details on it. It's going to be $400. So far, the cheapest VR it's not, headset. It's it's not that bad. No, but I'm saying like it's the cheapest next to like phone related VR, but I don't consider that to be like high end in my opinion. Phone VR is still not great. It's 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 good. But it's it's great. Yeah, no, no. Don't get me wrong. It's it's pretty awesome for what it is. Yeah. But you can't. It won't. It won't trump Oculus or PlayStation's no, or not. the Vive. But um, I think we're all seeing that VR is going to be an expensive add-on that's completely worth it, in my opinion. It's just that that price of entry is going to lower drastically it's, it's, in order for gonna, everyone to get into it. it it's it's going to revolutionize gaming. Um, especially like Sony with the console, like being able to plug it into your PlayStation and going. And um, I, I'm, I think I, I I don't know if this is true, but I heard that the pre-sales actually went on sale in Europe and they they went they sold out within like ten minutes or something. I don't know if it's true, but I heard. But I think it's because um, they only sold two though. They only had two. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> now that actually happened with um the Vive as well, where they sold like I think it was a, a, a like a trillion in fifteen seconds or something like that. Uh, roughly I'm something pr- like that. I'm pretty sure that's an exaggerated number. <laughs> but um, anyways, next up, we're going to skip a topic. And we're not, we're not going to skip a topic. We're just going to say one thing that Kate brought up in the comments because she's such a part of the show right now. She's talking about milkshakes. So the Willy Wonka chocolate factory thing. Oh, in Orlando. We forgot to bring that up. In Orlando. And that thing is actually worth talking about. That sounds awesome, by the way. It's called... It's called Toothsome. Uh, and it's where it's on. It's a Universal City Walk, which I think they have one in California too. But you guys aren't getting on the Chocolate Factory. We are, cause we're. <laughs> we are. Cause we're better. Cause we need the calories. I'll say this: I hate living in Florida, but when it comes to theme parks, our Disney is way better than the one in the West Coast, and our Universal Studios is probably way better. Let's than be honest. It's because everything here is just bigger than over there. We, we yeah, we get. There's all, more land. Have, there was have, more land we here. We have more. I know I'm being an elitist right now, but we have more land. We have more space. But we guess get, what? We're sinking, and you're not. We got all the Harry Potter stuff first, um, but we're getting this cho- this like chocolate factory restaurant that's supposed to be like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, and um, it's opening in the summer. And they released a, like a menu for it, and it's like all these like awesome like milkshakes and like chocolate infused uh, foods. There's a there's kind of a restaurant like that in New York City called Max Brenner, um, yeah. which I, I go to whenever I go to NYC. Um, but the fact that we get something like that in Florida is amazing. I'll be in Orlando next month, 
uh, for a concert, but I don't think it'll be open yet, which sucks. But dude, we have a reason to go for the summer, and if I don't yes. give my get my wife one of those milkshakes, I will be a horrible husband. So my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Okay, no. And with that, to the next topic, yeah. X Men Apocalypse. We had another trailer. Yo, that, it's pretty that, much the same idea, right? It's like hmm, the end is coming. The end is coming. Oh, I, what do we what do we do? The, the trailer dropped. That trailer dropped today, and I was I was pretty amazed by the trailer. I haven't been a huge fan of like the last couple ones, but like this, I don't know why this one tied it all together for me. Just like a the fact that we finally saw a like human shot of Oscar Isaac before he turned into Apocalypse. That that was cool. Um, we finally got to see Apocalypse super big. Uh, and um, just, like, seeing, like, the, the horsemen together with him and, like... I, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is almost the leader of the X-Men in this movie. Um, Mystique, sorry, is, like, the leader of the X-Men in this movie. Yeah, and let's be honest. This is such a... I, th- I feel like this is a cop-out because, look, don't get me wrong. I think she's an amazing act- um, actress. I just find it a little weird that she's playing someone who's normally supposed to be blue... And she's not blue at all, almost. Well, she she she's always had issues with with her true self. So I think I think because of what happened in the last one, I think she's done. Like I don't think she. I think she's trying to like let go of that part of herself. So I think I, I know you think it's there. It's a it's a cop out because because of the like, the makeup and stuff. But like I think it. I think it's more of a character building kind of thing. Well, that's what I'm saying though. I think it's also using star power though because if you see the posters. Mystique isn't Mystique. It's just Jennifer Lawrence in a X Men suit. And I love, I love. I know she's heading down, she's heading down that Anne Hathaway path where people are trying to hate her. But I still love, I still love Jennifer Lawrence. Um, so I'm glad that she's gonna be taking a little more center stage in this movie from what we're seeing. We also like, you know, we got, we got Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones in there. We see her a little bit more. Um, I think she suits that role really well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So Sophie Turner, uh, she she looks awesome as as uh, as Jean. Um, man, I'm just, Cyclops' I'm, brother. What's his name? I forgot. Avalanche. Cyclops' brother. Yeah. Uh, no, his his brother is is Alex Summers Havoc. I, was he in the trailer? No, wasn't it the, the dude with the chest thing? Remember they they. Havoc, cha- yeah. Yeah, so yeah. okay, yeah. So they changed him around because if I recall correctly in the in the comics, he's actually the younger brother, but in this, he's like the older older yeah. older brother. So they, they played around with with uh they played around with with the, the the timeline a little bit with this one, yeah. Um we get we see the younger Cyclops, younger Storm. Um dude, I'm 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 really excited. The X-Men is my favorite. They're my favorite comic book characters. So every time we get an X-Men movie, I, I get super, super stoked. And this, after seeing this trailer, this might be the best one out of the, the, the last three. So we'll see. I don't know. There's some really good ones, but I will say this. I don't think any of the recent X-Men films got me to go watch in the theater. Only because the, the third one got me so scared of it. You're but crazy. I love them. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love First You're Class. Because First Class and Days of Future Past are like I agree. I agree. I love them. The two best ones. I, I love them, but I I went into them with that oh, fear that they were gonna be bad. You, you didn't see them in theaters. You That's what I'm saying. I didn't yeah, I didn't I didn't get any tickets for it. You gotta see this one in theaters. All right, so um, that's pretty much all the big parts of the of the show. But we're just gonna go through some quick trailers because they're worth mentioning. And uh, the first one is Tarzan. It looks like they finally got Tarzan. Right. Like, like, I, I think, well, uh, for live action. For live action, for live action, sorry. For live action, yeah. So, we, had, we had a Casper Van Diem movie um, that was not good at all in the past. Um, so you got, It was weird, yeah. You, 
got Alexander Skarsgård, Eric Northman, he's playing Tarzan, Margot Robbie as, as Jane, and, you know, Christoph Waltz is in it, so it looks, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, it looks super high quality. I just, I don't know where it's going. I, I guess it's going to be like, Tarzan, you have to stop being Tarzan because you have to be with this girl, and this girl has a problem. You got to help her solve that problem. It, it looks, it looks like it'll be, it looks like, like it's going to be a basic adaptation of, of the book, um, which is probably I hope it's gonna it's gonna go down that route. Uh, and the actual full titles, what is it? The the Legend of Tarzan. It's something like something like that. I don't I don't actually. The know Legend of the Six Pack. Because this guy has like the craziest, weirdest looking six pack on there. Christoph Waltz is like the perfect villain. Like I. He, yeah, no, for everything, for everything, everything, dude. He can play it any character that's a villain and just pull it off easily. Yeah. So. That looks so. Um, I'll, I'll see it. I, I might not see it in theaters. It, it depends on. Same here. That's the thing. I think. I think we're we're such. We're destroying film, Ricky. By the way, you and I. We're we're just watching like superhero movies, and then anything artsy, drama related, this and that. We seem to not really go crazy over. Not, not true. I love. I actually. I love indie movies. I, no, but actually, let me ask you. Have you? When's the last time you, you pre-ordered like tickets for something? Pre-ordered. Like, as in, like, just bought the tickets early ahead of time. Last week, Civil War. No, no, for an indie movie. Oh, but you don't have to for indie movies. But that's what I'm saying, though. It's just that all the energy has been taken from, like, you know, by these superhero movies right now. I mean, that, A lot of people hate us for that reason. Yeah, that, that's what's bringing in the numbers. Um, But I'm a fan of all film. and I, I am, I, too, but I'm favorite, also... My favorite movie last year was an indie movie. It was Ex Machina. So, um, it just, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's two different things. I mean... The, the box office needs these big movies to make money uh, at this point um, in the in, in the game. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that because these big movies are big franchise movies, you tend to get a little more excited beforehand than you do for an indie movie. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't get hyped for an indie movie. Oh, it's coming out! 45 years, man! Yeah, eight months ahead, eight months ahead of time, you know, but, like, yeah. But yeah, I still enjoy them. Um, so next up we have, okay, you say it. Do you know the Miss Peregines? Peregines? Miss Miss Peregrines. Peregrines. Yeah. Home for peculiar children. So I'm gonna be honest. I actually stopped watching this trailer halfway through because I'm reading the book. Oh, right I see. Yeah. And I was like, it was starting to get into things that I hadn't read in the book yet. So I was like, all right, um, but um. Oddly enough, like this looks like Tim Burton's return to form. Like it, it the movie looks so Burton-esque, but like in a good way, not like in an Alice in Wonderland kind of way. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited just to have him in this kind of universe. I always feel like he should have directed Lemony Snicket's uh, series of unfortunate. I do, I do too. Um, That's just such his film. But you know what? That movie's still great on its own. But and now we're getting the Netflix show for that. But uh, but. I'm glad that he's doing this kind of story again. Um, so I never even read this book. Didn't even know it was a book. Uh, I'm, I feel ashamed to say. But one thing I got was a huge X-Men vibe. It is. It, it's it, such it, a huge X-Men it, vibe. It, but which is why I'm loving it because it it, it it's 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 basically Xavier's uh, school for me, you know, or home for mutants. Um, just like it's it's different, but it's that con- that kind of concept. Um, but it, it I mean. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, actually, I'm looking forward to it, too. Now, um, just so we don't run out of time, Alice Through the Looking Glass is our next one because they did release something when we got the... When was it? When, what day was it when we lost an hour? Uh, Sunday. 
So they released a trailer about, oh, where did your hour go? You know what I mean? So, which was a little weird, but um, they gave us another trailer. Well, was it? It's another trailer. It's not the first, right? I don't believe it is. It's the it's it's the, the second. Of, we've had teasers, but I think it's like the second full fledged trailer. Yeah. So. <laughs> This was, I mean, I honestly did not like how this was edited just because it was so much stuff. It was like every three, every two seconds, it was a new clip. I was, like, it's just nonstop. Like, my eyes bled a little bit due to all the VFX. This I movie was, is so heavily visual I was, effects. I wasn't really a big fan of the first movie. Um, it was okay, but I forgot it made, about it. It made a crap load of money. Um, but. Tim Burton's not directing this one. It still kind of looks the same. I don't know if I'm going to love this one either. Um, it looks better than the first. Um, this is kind of one of those movies where I'm reserving my judgment until I'm sitting in the theater and watching the movie because I, I kind of don't know how to fe- how to feel about it until, until yeah. yet. So, you know. For me personally, I feel like it's just so much VFX in there. Like, all I see are the green screen rooms. You know, as someone who studied it, of course, that's why I have that in mind, that I ruin movies forever. But it's just so over the top. For me personally, that it ruins yeah, yeah, yeah. it a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll see. All right, so that was our last trailer. One thing I did want to bring up is that there's this talk about um, a possibility of paying $50 to watch a movie that's in theaters in your house. Yeah, Sean, Sean Parker, who was a co-founder of Napster and, and was, one of the, was one of the, I guess, co-founders of Facebook as well, he's kind of behind it. So when, when they first announced this, I thought it was incredibly stupid because of the price point they were saying it's 150 bucks for the box and then 50 dollars for every movie and then i was talking to somebody and they mentioned yeah but because i was thinking of just me and my wife i was like why would i pay 50 bucks to watch it at home when i could pay less money and i'm actually to watch it in in theaters and then they're like what about families and then it got me thinking like for somebody with a huge family it's way cheaper to pay $50, watch it at home, and not have to worry about popcorn and any of that stuff. So um, for, like, families, this is actually pretty exciting. It makes a lot of sense. But not only that, for think of it like we talked, indie movies. Those indie movies that you're like, you know what? Now, being married, one of my biggest things is watching movies in bed with my wife. Like, I, that's like... Are you going to pay $50 to watch an indie movie? Some people might, though. That's the thing, though. It depends. It really depends on what the movie is, I think. But it also gives it that chance that at least there's another way for you to watch that movie, right? Yeah, it's it's, now, it's, it's an option. But also, this is going to be one of those things that I feel like this is going to be the norm in the future. Because, remember, right now, what, what theaters want... What's N- N- Napa? Nopa? What is it? The... The, the group of theaters or whatever where they sort of defend this kind of stuff like well they um they go on the, the on the de- on the defense on this end but anyways what they want a monopoly right because it makes sense they want all the revenue from like these movies to come straight to the theaters because what you're doing is you're breaking up a possible monopoly where only theaters get to watch you know get the newest movies instead it would be it's the theater and it's also this box or whatever. But they share revenue with the theaters. And I think that's the thing that they're trying to sort of like get them to get um, go along with. I, I know that there were a bunch of directors that were originally. A lot of big names yeah. are backing this. Yeah. But, but, but there were also a lot of people who were against it when it first came out. So the fact, I think like Steven Spielberg said he was on board with it, and, um, which is a, which is a little insane. Um, and I know that AMC is showing early interest in it too, so I'm, I'm kind of going to follow this one and see how it develops, because I'm very curious to, do you know, we already have, like, some indie movies that 
like on I have Comcast and like they'll release on Comcast uh, on demand the same that they release in theaters. Um, so I mean we'll see we'll see how it works out. I the price point's a little high for me. Um, but I mean if people pay for it, people pay for it. Yeah, I agree. So um, we're we're out of time. I mean that's the sad truth, and um, I, I, we have to say bye. Now it's time to say goodbye. All our company. All right, so we're, we're just going to cut it short, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys, as always. And uh, I'm Sergio AM. I'm uh, Ricky Kazan. You had to read your name on the... I, I forgot. I, I, was, I, was, I don't know if I want to say I'm at Ricky Shot first or Ricky Kazan. Try, try this. I'm Ricky Kazan signing off. I'm Ricky Kazan signing off. <laughs> Perfect. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.